Nobody knows all the answers. Even myself as a business strategist, I constantly read. I'm constantly learning from people who have the time to dedicate resources into doing this kind of a study where Jim Collins followed around the CEOs and interviewed people within 11 companies. Of course, I want to learn from someone who has that type of knowledge. So for you as a leader building a company, if you are not constantly learning, if you're not constantly inquiring, incorporating new methods of doing things, new methods of thinking into your company, you aren't going to be a great company. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pele, and welcome to episode 152 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for their business success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. Have you ever wondered what sets the Googles and Amazons of the world apart from the rest? Why are some companies more successful than others and what makes them great? It turns out these companies didn't get to where they are by chance and researchers have been looking into their success for years. So in today's episode, I'm sharing nine reasons some companies have achieved greatness while others are just good. If you're in the process of building a company, these nine traits could set your business on the path to a new level of success. Before we hear the rest of this episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help to spread the word about our show so amazing stories we share can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off script as we talk about nine reasons some companies achieve greatness while others stay good. Have you ever wondered what sets apart companies like Google, Apple, and Amazon from other companies in their fields? Those other companies are good companies. They're making profits and they've been around for decades, yet they aren't great. So what does it take to go from being a good company to a great company? It turns out that researchers have been looking into what the special secret sauce is for years. And Jim Collins is one of those researchers. In fact, he did write a book called Good to Great, where he studied 11 companies from the Fortune 500. And he detailed everything that he thought was differentiating these companies. So today for this episode, we're going to be looking into what it takes to go from being a good company to a great company. The thing about having detailed research is he was able to identify the point in time from when they first started their company to when they first started to make that shift into greatness. And we are going to talk about the nine things that it takes to go from being a good company to a great company. Now, the first differentiating factor Jim Collins identified was the fact that these companies were led by visionary leaders, and he called these leaders level five leaders. Now, the thing that set these leaders apart is the fact that they had a combination of personal modesty and professional will, meaning that they were able to do whatever it took in order to make sure that their company succeeded. Now, of course, later on, we will talk about what whatever it takes means, but these individuals were willing to stay in the game. They were willing to do whatever it took to succeed. And I think the idea of great leaders having grit isn't a new one. In fact, this is a concept that was created by Angela Duckworth and Carol Dweck as they did 
did studies about kids who tended to be successful. And these were the kids who didn't lean on the personal idea that they were innately smart, but they were willing to rise up to the challenge. They were willing to try whatever they needed to try in order to succeed. They had grit. So it doesn't surprise me that one of the characteristics of a great leader is that they have grit. Trait number two is that they're great at using their resources, specifically their human resources. They go the extra mile to hire the right people for the job. And once they have the right people in the seats, they are great at identifying what those people should work on. Namely, they put those people to work on their biggest opportunities as opposed to their biggest problems. Because in the long term, the biggest problems that companies are facing might be the thing that they decide to part ways with. So if you focus on your strengths, there's greater opportunity for you to grow and there's greater opportunity for you to set yourself apart from your competitors. So the way you use your resources is going to be extremely important because if you're pouring resources into something that's already a losing proposition, that is an absolute waste of your time, your money, all of it. So if you want to be a great company, it's important that you identify what it is that you are great at and make sure that that is where you're pouring all your resources. Number three is that those visionary leaders establish a direction for their companies. Once they have a vision, once they have the right people in the right seats, focus on the right opportunities, they establish a direction that they are all going in. There's nothing more frustrating than working for a company that appears to be going in a million different directions at the same time. At any given moment, you have no idea what you should be working on, why you're working on it, and what it's meant to accomplish. So it's important that a leader sets the tone, sets the direction for their company so that the people working with them to establish their goals or to accomplish their goals aren't feeling lost in the process. Number four is that great companies raise the bar. They're not willing to settle for doing what everyone else is doing. They're not willing to continue doing the same thing they've always done. They're always willing to raise the standards. And in order to continue to raise your standards, it means that these visionary leaders in charge of these great companies are constantly soliciting feedback from the great people that they've hired. There's no point in having a mentality of I'm the CEO genius on top of this company and everyone else are just helping hands on my way to establishing whatever genius ideas I have. If that is your perspective or if that's your approach to running a company, unfortunately, the brilliant people you have hired are likely gonna get frustrated and leave. But if you are truly focused on raising the bar, you won't have a problem soliciting feedback, truly soliciting feedback from the people that you've hired. And this is one of the great ways to raise the bar on your company. Other than that, one of the things that Jim Collins identified is that these companies have a culture of being rigorous. This means that they have set frameworks, they have set systems, they have rules in place, and they're rigorous around following the systems that they have in place. They're rigorous around testing the bounds. They're rigorous and they're also disciplined about their approach to doing things. People aren't out there going rogue, doing things however they see fit. They're there is a way, there's a system in place, and people are rigorous around approaching the goals with 
within the systems that are in place. Quite frankly, having clear systems and rules in place gives people the freedom they need to be innovative because there is no doubt around what the boundaries are. There's no doubt about what it is they are and aren't allowed to do. They have freedom to really pursue what they feel is going to grow your company in service of the goals that you have in place. Number five is that great companies have innovative approaches. They aren't about doing things the way everyone else is doing, as I said, but they are always looking for better ways. They're always trying to one-up themselves. They are their only competition. Not to say that they have blinders on as far as what's going on in the industry, but they are willing to push themselves. And this, I would say, is the downfall of companies that were good, that didn't adjust to the times and found themselves out of business is they weren't willing to innovate. They weren't willing to look into what their data was telling them and innovate based on that data. And this, I would say, has been the Achilles heel of companies who kind of remain the same over time. I would say a classic example of this is Kodak. They were known for cameras that used film. And in fact, one of their employees created the technology around digital cameras. And they kind of pushed him to the side and said, no, that's not what we're doing. We are all about film cameras. And they didn't listen to the fact that people were looking for technology that created ease and the rest is history. So you have to be willing to invest in technology. And if you are going to be stuck in your ways, honestly, that's going to be the death of your company. Trait number six is that great companies play by their own rules. In fact, they create their own rules. They don't allow the way things are being done in their industry to dictate how they are going to approach their greatest opportunities. To go back to the research by Angela Duckworth and Carol Dweck, they have a concept called having a growth mindset. And this simply means that you are willing to persevere through setbacks whenever you are approaching a new problem or a new opportunity. So to bring this back to great companies, if they're playing by their own rules, their thinking is not confined by what's already being done, and they're willing to endure setbacks in order to grow their companies simply because they know this is the right way for them to behave. Number seven is that great companies constantly outwit their competition. And to illustrate this point, Jim Collins shared the story of a hedgehog who every single day would go down a path and a fox would be lurking, trying to figure out how to attack it. And the hedgehog would simply think, ah, this again. And when the fox attacked, all the hedgehog would do was roll himself into a ball so his spikes would be out and the fox would not be able to attach. The point here being that the hedgehog had one defense and was great at that one defense. And because of that, no one could ever approach or beat the hedgehog. So to bring this back to you as you're trying to build a great company is that you want to be great at one thing. And I have said this before, and people often respond, well, I'm great at a lot of things or I'm building an empire. However, in order to be successful, you need to be great at one thing. 
thing. You need to be a power player at one thing. Now, having greatness within one sphere doesn't mean that there won't be sub areas that you're also playing in as you are good at that one concept. If you take Apple, for example, they have an iPhone and they play within the phone space, but they also have the MacBook and the iMac and they're playing against other companies in that field. However, they have created beautiful design that's unifying among all their products. They have designed an operating system that works well, that's used by all their phones and their computers. So they are great at one concept. They have mastered that one concept and that concept has different manifestations. So if you are someone who is multi-talented and the thought of focusing on just one thing for you feels like would put you in a box, I would encourage you to think about that differently and be the hedgehog instead of the fox because history has shown that this mentality has created some pretty great companies. Number eight is that great companies have a responsive strategy. I'm sure good companies have a strategy. I'm sure even not so good companies have a strategy. But the thing that sets great companies apart is the fact that they are willing to face the cold, hard facts of what is going on around them. If the data tells them one thing, listen to the thing the data is telling you and don't go in the opposite direction based on this ideology that you're trying to uphold or based on the feeling that you know best. When the data tells you one thing and you don't listen to it, you're probably going to start your downhill decline because if your customers are telling you that they want product A more than product B, they're telling you this by the way they spend with you. And if for some reason you keep investing in product B, once again, we talked about the allocation of resources being an earmark of a great company. If you misallocate those resources, you're going to be on a downhill spiral, right? So you need to listen to what your data is and you need to be able to then adjust quickly to what you are learning from that data. Now, great companies have been able to do that time after time. And because they are so responsive to whether it's a global pandemic, whether it's simply a change in consumer tastes, they live another day and they are succeeding and beating out their competition who a la Kodak is not listening to what the consumers want. And finally, trait number nine is that great companies, their leaders, the people who work within great companies are constantly learning. They're constantly building new competencies. They're not always relying on old technology, old ways of doing things, and they don't feel like they already know all the answers. Nobody knows all the answers. Even myself as a business strategist, I constantly read. I'm constantly learning from people who have the time to dedicate resources into doing this kind of a study where Jim Collins followed around the CEOs and interviewed people within 11 companies. Of course, I want to learn from someone who has that type of knowledge. So for you as a leader building a company, if you are not constantly learning, if you're not constantly incorporating incorporating new methods of doing things, new methods of thinking into your company, you aren't going to be a great company. And clearly these companies who are constantly adapting and constantly learning 
are the companies that we know are the standout gold star companies that we're constantly seeing as great companies. All right, there you have it. Those are the nine traits of great companies. Now, if you are yet to even launch your company and are still doing research into what it is that you need to launch your company, I wanna invite you to join our side business lab, which is a six week accelerator that's gonna take you from idea to your first paying customer while you're still working your nine to five. Because for a lot of us, it's key to start your side business so you can make your mistakes and learn what it takes to have a great company before you go full time. So if you're interested in launching your company amongst other people who are also launching their businesses and with guidance from me, go to sewajpelly.com forward slash side business lab to join us today. I'll have the link in the show notes if you're listening to the audio version of this. And I'll also have it in the description box if you're watching on YouTube. All right, there you have it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. And don't forget to interact with us after the episode airs on our Instagram page. We're at She's Off Script. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you found this show helpful, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. All right, with that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday for another episode. Bye.